If you're into designer furniture and you want the sofa that broke the internet, you don't have to go broke to get it. Because Designer Looks Furniture has all the same styles and trends and all the quality, but without the designer prices. Check them out. Designer Looks at Value City Furniture or designerlooks.com. Love is 
Welcome to Game House, everybody. Thanks for joining me tonight on the show. We're talking tonight about several things as usual on the show. Um, it's been a while since I've done a Game House. Um, I think a week or maybe it last Thursday. I did it late last week, so it wasn't that long ago, actually. But I've just been so busy with um, clients and trying to give them the attention they need and my own life and everything else. So sorry. But anyway, I'm back tonight um, to talk about the latest in gay news topics, etc. So if this is the place for you if you're gay or gay interested. <laughs> um, so just FYI, if you want to check me out, you can get offlimitsshow.com. You can find all of the shows from this year there. I need to update the last few shows and put them on there, but they'll be there soon. You can always find all the shows on Spreaker.com, on iTunes.com, or excuse me, iTunes, and also um, somewhere else. Where's the other place you can find me? I can't remember. Oh, iHeartRadio. <laughs> Sorry about that. So you can always uh, find me in many places. So if you're looking for me, you'll find me. <clears throat> um, this last week's been pretty uh, interesting in the gay news world. Um, one, of the, one of the stories is about the uh, fact that HGTV canceled uh, the flipping show. Um, with the twins, um, their names are David and Jason Benham, <clears throat> Benham, and they were going to do a show that is about, um, flipping houses for people. Um, they were actually, what they were going to do is find a fixer upper and then like transform it into their, their forever home. Um, and, um, that's the idea anyway. It's so anyway, HGTV apparently had, um, seen them protesting outside the Democratic National Convention in Charlotte in 2012. Um, and David Benham said he told, um, or he told a conservative radio host by the name of Janet Mefford um, that um, what was needed was to stop homosexuality and its agenda that it's attacking this nation. Um, and there's also a video on, on YouTube of him protesting outside of an abortion clinic in 2013. So these people are obviously um, fanatics, evangelical fanatics, and they are um, homophobic and uh, anti, uh, anti-gay, uh, obviously. So because of that, they decided to cancel their show. And I, I applaud them for this because, first of all, HGTV has a huge gay following. I mean, it's about design and interior design and architecture and, you know, <laughs> home remodeling and stuff like that. We gays love that stuff, most of us anyway. And it's, you know, especially us, those of us in this, the industry. Um, so it's a show, it's a channel rather, that is watched by a great number of gays and lesbians. And so it, it, I think it's great that they did that for whatever reason, whether it's for selfish reasons or because they knew the show wouldn't be successful with such a scandal and you know the same a similar thing happened of course with um with um the uh duck dynasty people um when they came out against homosexuality their ratings plummeted and um so people were saying that well these brothers specifically are saying they said quote if faith cost us our tv show so be it um, and they're saying that they stand by what they say or whatever, but they don't hate gay people. And it's always hilarious to me because people who are homophobic always say, you know, oh, I have a gay friend or whatever, or I, I don't like, I don't hate gay people. I just hate what they do or hate what, you know, and that bullshit. It's the same kind of stuff like with um, blacks and, and whites in the 60s and 50s and before when they'd say, oh, I don't hate black people. I just don't want them intermixing. They need, they need to stay on their own side of the street or whatever, you know? And so it's just, you know, your actions speak louder than words, obviously, people. <clears throat> so 
to uh, say this is ridiculous. So, um, but they're saying that it's attack, an attack on their religious liberties. And this has been something that's been coming up a lot lately is religious liberty, which is a fucking made up thing, first of all, because we all have religious liberty in this country. It's in our constitution. We have the right to believe what we want to believe, but, and we have the right to assemble and to um, have prayer and or whatever and have churches and things like that. We have the right for all of those things, yes, but we do not have the right to curtail other people's freedoms um, because they do not uh, coincide with our own. And we do not have the right to um, to um, try to pre- prevent people from doing something that has nothing to do with us, you know? So it's really um, typical behavior and how they're responding to the whole situation. But um, it's it's good that HGTV canceled the show before it even started. I think that's great. Um, and <laughs> I think it's um, just evidence that... Um, what was once very tolerable and very acceptable by the majority of society just 30, 40 years ago is no longer so. And these days it's not, I mean, of course we have a great abundance of bigotry these days and it's more open than ever. However, it's no longer uh, as easy to kind of uh, codify homophobia uh, like it once was in, in our society. So I think that's great. And so that means that we've come some somewhat farther considering what's happened with Duck Dynasty and what happened with this show uh, and the networks and the corporations actually bowing down to public pressure uh, against homophobia and against bigotry and in favor of um, freedom of expression and freedom for each individual's rights. So now, you know, they aren't happy because they're having to say, of course, that they are um, sorry or whatever. And, you know, their their apology was pretty much canned, but they wanted to get their show back and their bread and butter. Um, but this is just a reminder to people, look, if you're going to discriminate against somebody, whether it's with words or with actions, you there are consequences to those, those behaviors. There are consequences to your actions. There are consequences to the things that you say. And as I've said many times before... You have the freedom of speech. Everybody has freedom of, freedom of speech and freedom of religion, etc. However, it is not acceptable, and you, know, you you don't have the freedom. You do not have the freedom to um, to say things and not expect consequences of whatever you say. Yeah, you can say whatever the fuck you want, but you can't expect what you say to not have consequences for good or for bad. So you've got to deal with whatever the fuck you say stand by it and move on. And if that's the case, so be it. Maybe you'll learn something from the fact that you lost your shows. Maybe you'll learn something from the fact that the majority of the public are against you. Maybe you'll think twice about what you think and whether it's real instead of following some stupid book based on, you know, centuries old fables and tales that have nothing to do with reality today. Anyway, um, so that's the first story I wanted to talk about. And I think, you know, oh, by the way, if you do want to call into the show, you can call in 214 uh, if you want to chime in on anything I'm saying tonight, or you can use Skype and call into Off Limits Show uh, that way. Um, the other thing I want to talk about was the Beverly Hills boycott, um, Beverly Hills Hotel boycott. Um, it's been, this story has been out for about a week or so, but the Sultan of Brunei, uh, his name is... Sultan Hassanal Hassanal Bolkia, I think that's how you say his name. Anyway, he is um, the owner of the Beverly Hills Hotel, and his regime is very homophobic and anti-gay, and they are um, completely 
um, their laws that they're passing in the country are very um, horrible. You know, they're they're enacting basically severe punishments on on gays and lesbians for being gay or lesbian, or just be saying that they are flogging and in stoning them and even amputating their body parts. Uh, so it's a very very brutal thing that they're doing. And so in retaliation, and this sort of started with Ellen. Ellen DeGeneres, uh, you know, had come out and said that she's never going to go to that hotel again, and as long as, long as it's owned by this guy or whatever, or people who believe that way. And as a result of her leadership um they were going to have uh, i can't remember what show american some kind of award show that's on tv that's televised um in beverly hills hotel to have it there every year and they moved it out of the hotel um because they didn't want to support it and many other companies and many organizations are doing the same thing so um and they're saying um jay leno um hold on oh mavis leno mavis leno who's the wife of jay leno um, she says that the new penalties for adultery, abortion, homosexuality, and Brunei, quote, violate international law and have no place in civilized society. And that's true. So if you're going to do, just like I said, with what your speech is, you could say what you want to say. You can act any kind of law you want, but they're going to be punished. They're going to be consequences to your actions and the things that you say and do. You can't just go around doing what the fuck you want, even if you're a sultan or a dictator or whatever, and not expect consequences to it. So, and they're far reaching consequences way out, well outside of their, their country, but into our country, uh, well outside of, you know, what's going on there, but what's, it's affecting what's happening here. So it's, um, it's ridiculous that people think that it's acceptable to behave that way and to, to say that, um, you know, it's okay to cut people's body parts off or to stone them to death simply because you disagree with them, simply because you disagree with them or who they are or whatever, because you, you're so brainwashed by some Bible or book that you would rather kill someone or harm someone than to actually think for yourself is just ridiculousness. Um, and this is, you know, there's, is there a common theme here? The last few stories I've discussed, I think there is, is there a common theme? And the theme is that, you know, religion begets nutbags, <laughs> basically. Um, I don't see a whole lot of atheists going out there doing these things. I've talked about that before, but I don't see a lot of them going out and, um, you know, uh, acting this way and saying, oh, you know, all the Christians must be stoned to death or killed or whatever because they don't agree with us. I mean, it's just stupid. Only religious nutbags who can't think for themselves are the ones who cause the majority of the pain and the agony in this world, the problems we have. Think about the issues we have as a community um, and also just as human beings. We have a problem with um, gay rights, obviously, a problem with rights for women. We have a problem with rights for different minorities are being treated equally under the law. We have a problem with people accepting the fact that there's global warming. We have a problem with, um, you know, with wars and everything like that. So we have all of these issues that are, if you looked at the core cause of them, are related to what? Religion. Religion typically is the initial issue or the initial uh, catalyst that makes these uh, things happen. And if you took religion out of the picture, religion out of the picture, then the majority of these things would not happen. And these horrible ills and um, horrible things, that have, including the Holocaust, for example, would not happen. So let's uh, get rid of religion. What do you say? Anyway, so 
that's that story. Um, another one that I was reading uh, before was actually about being closeted on the job. Now, I have been out since I was 14 years old. And so I've never had this problem <laughs> being closeted. Now, I've, I, when I was working, when I was in my 20s and stuff with, for other people and um, in my teen years and stuff, I, you know, there were places I worked that I didn't say. I, I never came to a place and said, hey, I'm Donovan, I'm gay. Um, you know, most of the time it's obvious and sometimes it wasn't to people amazingly. But they, when they didn't know, I didn't like hide it from them. I just didn't say anything. It's not like it's something you just go to people and say or talk about. I would just start talking about my boyfriend at the time or what I did for the weekend or whatever. And it might come out that way. And I wouldn't think a big deal out of it. Um, and there were places that you knew that being gay was not acceptable. And um, working in those places was, were horrible because you had this whole side of yourself that you were unable to, you were unable to, um, um, let be seen by people. And, and it's a huge part of you. It's not all of who you are, but it's a huge part of who you are as a person. Obviously some people work in situations and places where it isn't safe for them to come out, meaning that perhaps they work for the federal government or they work for, uh, a very homophobic place, like a, I don't know, a mechanic shop or, you know, bike shop or something like that. I don't know. Um, or they, or they work for somewhere that they know if they came out, they would be held to pay either by, um, taunting or, or bullying by other people or by losing their job, which is typically the fear that people have. And also I think that there's a question of course, um, as to whether it actually, um, harms your, your, your chances at advancement probably too. And if you are working at a traditional corporation or something and you want to be promoted and you know, you work for a bunch of homophobes who are constantly around you saying horrible things about gay people or making jokes about them or whatever, uh, then it's unlikely that if you came out that you would be promoted or, um, even considered for a promotion in some senses. So I think it's very, it's understandable why people choose to stay in the closet uh, when it comes to this particular issue. However, it is probably not for the best because people are um, eventually going to find out that you're gay, first of all. Um, and so I always advise people, if you're gay, don't take a job without, if you're openly gay, especially, um, don't take a job without um, knowing how the people's culture is about gay people in general. I, for example, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> sorry. I, for example, had, um, <clears throat> and a couple of times when I was in my twenties, had, a, had applied for jobs that I wanted to, and had been hired rather. And at the point that they hired me, I said, well, I want you to know that I'm gay. Is that an issue? Only at places where I felt it would be an issue <clears throat> or it might be an issue because um, excuse me, because, um, I wanted to know, I didn't want to start a job or a career with some company at the time that was going to, um, discriminate against me, or as I said, curtail my opportunities for advancement within that company because I was gay. I didn't want to hide who I was and I didn't want to feel ashamed for who I was. <clears throat> I wanted to be myself regardless. So I would come out front and say it to these people. And sometimes they'd be taken back. At, oh, uh, oh, um, and they didn't know what to say. And other people were like, Oh my God, that's great. Blah, blah, blah. We don't care. You know, oh, so-and-so it's gay, da, 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 you know, whatever. So it just depended on the culture of the company and the kind of people you're working with. And eventually you get to pick up on, on who they are by, um, 
the way they dress or, um, and this of course are just generalizations, but you can usually pick up cues from these things, how people in the company dress. If they dress up really button up conservative ties, coats and skirts and things like that, they're probably pretty conservative otherwise socially. Um, if Fox News is on in a lobby, when you go there in the, in the lobby or the waiting room, as opposed to MSNBC or, or a real news channel, um, then they're probably very conservative people. If they are a lot of older people um, with, uh, and a lot of women with, you know, aquanetted hair, <laughs> they're probably um, pretty tr tr traditional people. So there's all sorts of cues you, you can pick up on that I picked up on throughout my lifetime, just living in Texas and knowing uh, this kind of person looks this way typically, this kind of person looks this way typically. Not always, of course, there are exceptions always, but I'm just saying, generally speaking, <clears throat> liberal, more liberal people dr dress typically more liberally. They watch more liberal things and they act more liberally in their thoughts. So um, it just follows that their clothing and their uh, mannerisms and things would follow suit. So that's one thing you can do uh, if you're working, uh, applying for a job like that. But if you're already working in a job where you have to be closeted or you can't really be yourself because you're gay or you feel that way, <clears throat> um, you know, you really only have a few choices. One is to obviously to stay in the closet and to hide who you are, which I think is soul crushing and um, shaming and wrong of you to do. Um, I think if you are in a situation where, you know, if you came out, you would be harassed or you would be, um, you would possibly lose your job. Then you, you, you probably need to find something else while you're there. And as soon as you can find another job, apply for it, interview. And then once you get it, leave that place because it's not worth it, honestly. It's worth it. It's not at all worth it to actually stay in a, a job like that where you have to, as I said, be in a soul crushing position where you can't um, be who you are. It is so that's being in the closet is it's what it's about. It's about hiding yourself away, tucked away in the darkness, um, the, and a part of yourself rather. And, um, it's an integral part of who you are, not your sexuality so much as the fact that being gay in and of itself has its own, um, sense of, um, sense of, um, sensibilities, you know, with it as well that you aren't allowed to express. Um, and maybe you like art or culture or things like that. And you don't want to talk about those things because you're, you'll be perceived as gay or you don't want to dress a certain way, even though that's how you would want to dress. So you're, you're squelching all of who you are to appease someone else's, um, comfort level, which is so completely, complete bullshit. So if you're in a position or a place where you have to be in the closet, for God's sakes, find another fucking job. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. You'll find somewhere else. And if you have to start over on a financial scale, <coughs> sorry, you will um, be able to eventually get back to where you were and you'll be healthier. And it's bad for your stress levels. It's bad for your sense of, um, it's bad for your sense of, um, um, morale, you know, it's just a horrible situation to be in. So for God's sakes, don't allow yourself to be in that situation. Um, unfortunately, you know, a lot of people these days are, um, are closeted and there's a study actually, um, by the human rights campaign foundation. Um, it's that says the majority of LGBT workers nationwide are closeted on the job. 53% of LGBT employees hide who they are at work. More than 80% of non LGBT workers report that conversations about social lives, relationships, and dating come up weekly and often daily. 
And 81% feel that LGBT people, quote, should not have to hide who they are at work. However, less than half would feel comfortable hearing an LGBT coworker talk about dating. One in four LGBT employees report hearing negative comments such as that's so gay while at work. One fifth of LGBT workers report looking for a job specifically because the environment wasn't accepting of LGBT identities and close to one in 10, 9% successfully left a job for the same reasons they were not comfortable. And 26% have stayed in a job because the environment was accepting. So it's very important that you be able to have your, your sense of um, self in a job for so many reasons, all the ones I've mentioned so far. So if you can find a job and if you can't find a job, then start a company of your own, a business, whatever, if it's possible for you to do that. Um, work in something that will allow you to be who you are and hold your head high, whatever you are, whomever you are, whether you're transgender, whether you're gay, whether you're lesbian, whether you're a total queen, total, uh, total um, flaming queen, whether you're a drag queen, whatever you are, let your fucking freak flag shine. And if people don't like it, fuck them. That's how I see it. Okay, I'll be right back.
right, so we're back. Um, so we are talking tonight about the latest news in the gay world. Um, one case that's going on right now is the Grinder case. His name is, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Daniel Simmons. Um, and Daniel Simmons is 34 years old, and he's also the former deputy attorney general of Delaware's Department of Justice. Uh, and he was accused and charged with raping a 16-year-old boy he met on Grinder. And he claims that he did not know the boy was 16 years old. And the boy says that he – well, his the boy's actual usage of the site – deems that anyone over the age using grinder must be over the age of 18 or 21 wherever applicable in your state um so he's been accused of uh, you know of statutory rape basically for having sex with someone who was a minor and um that raises the question of whether first of all if he's should be called is it fair to call him a rapist when uh he thought that the boy was actually of age and should the boy who was 16 years old be held responsible for knowing that he lied about his age by using the grinder service. So there are several, um, there are several legal questions they have. And, uh, you know, we've talked about underage guys before on the show. And I feel like, cause I was, um, 16, 17, I mean, 15, 16, 17 and dating guys who were older in their twenties, like early twenties, I'd say, um, at that age. And I was fine with it and I had no problem with it. And it probably, well, it was technically statutory rape or whatever the ones I was having sex with, but generally, you know, it, it was, well, not generally, it was always something that was consensual, but it was never like, they were like, come here on a boy. Uh, uh-huh, I've got something for, you know, whatever. It was never like that, never molestation or anything. It was a sexual thing. And I've always had a problem with people having this arbitrary age limit. And I know that I'm like, first of all, I'm not interested in people who are young. I've never been interested in people younger than me. It's very rare anyway. Um, but I know that when I was that age, um, that's what I wanted. That's what I needed. That's where I wanted it to be. The kind of people I wanted to be with in dating were older guys, I mean, guys who were older than me. That's what was fulfilling for me at the time. <clears throat> that's what I needed. And so, um, it was perfectly consensual. Um, and so I would never have, uh, if any of those guys had been caught or, you know, found out that they were dating me at the time. Um, and I could have, I could have, when they broke up with me or whatever, I could have turned them in and like this guy got turned in or whatever. And, um, <clears throat> brought it down a lot of hell on them and they would have been sex offenders the rest of their lives, which I don't think is, is right. I think a sex offender is someone who actually preys on kids all the time, hundred percent of the time and is a pedophile and really only likes children or whatever. And knowingly tries to have sex with someone who's underage, that kind of thing. And I don't consider 16, 17 years old, a child. I'm sorry. I don't, I consider it underage, but I consider a child. Now we're talking 14, 13, 12, 11. That's, that's really gross to me. And with a 34 year old person, but that's the thing about morality. It's subjective. Now, I think that the reason that it's not okay to have sex with someone who's younger than you at a certain age anyway, like if you're under like 16 or something and you're older, it's because um, it's really, they're not, they can't give their consent legally give consent. And that's the problem. Legally, they can't give their consent up to the age of 18. Some states it's 17. I think Texas, the, the age of consent, Texas is 17 and like Kentucky or like backwoods places like that or whatever. I think it's like uh, 14 or something really low or 15 or something. So as long as the person is that age, uh, I think that it's, um, uh, somebody just heard me on Real Housewives of Atlanta. <laughs> I keep getting those people who just keep watching the shows all of a sudden. And then all of a sudden I keep getting these emails 
people, oh my God, I heard your name on Real Housewives of Atlanta. Oh my God. <laughs> anyway, it's hilarious. Anyway, so, but anyway, that's what I think about that. I, I don't know if the guy should be charged with it. If, if, if it was consensual, which it was consensual. And if it, just because the guy is 16 years old, I think is wrong, especially since the guy told him he was over, uh, or he thought the guy was over 18. And um, by using Grindr, it meant that he was over 18. So I think it's unfair. Uh, last thing is, um, oh, Clay Aiken apparently won his election for um, in North Carolina. I think he's in North Carolina um, to be a, um, yeah, he's in North Carolina um, to be a, um, a senator or what is he? I can't remember. He's running for um, a congressman. Yeah, he's running for Congress and he won. Um, but there's still some absentee votes that are remaining out um, that they have to count. But he's won by a small margin, so he may win. So that's pretty cool. Clay Aiken, it's so funny because remember him on American Idol? He was like such a <laughs> like a such a geek and everything when he first came on there. He still is kind of a geek, but I'm just saying he was so like not somebody you would see as being a senator ever, or excuse me, a congressman. So it just is funny to me. Um, but he's come a long way. He's got his life, you know, kind of in track. He had that whole scandal where he was seen um, jacking off or something to some guy on some sex site. Uh, and the guy recorded it and, and disseminated it to the public. But, um, but so what, who hasn't done that, you know, of, of us gay guys, I mean, <laughs> anyway, so, um, that's it for that. Anyway, that's all I have to talk about tonight. I just wanted to go over a few of the topics, a few of the things I want to talk about going on in the gay community. Uh, she'll be back later in the week with brain purge and talking about things going on with myself and also just whatever's on my mind. So be sure to catch that, check it out later. And also once again, reminder, you can go to off You can get a Twitter, uh, excuse me, to, um, to iTunes and you can also go to speaker.com and hear my show. And also of course on iHeartRadio. I want to thank you for listening and have a great night. Planning on traveling this summer, make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVic coupon. And for every dollar you spend with your Vic card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVic coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVic and Harris Teeter fuel points. 